Hello and welcome to the Plus One Podcast. My name's Dom Townsend. And my name's Tom Buck. Each month we're going to bring you a brand new podcast featuring a guest speaker from within the music industry, plus a 60-minute guest mix from myself and Dom. We kick off our very first podcast with one of our good mates and director of events and talents at Defected Records, George Pritchard. How are you boys? You good? All good, mate. How are you doing? Yes, good, thank you. Lockdown, but currently lucky enough to be in our new office in Shoreditch. Um, I'm the only person here. Normally there's a good 40, 50 people here. Is this the, uh, the new Defected Studios? Yeah, so this this here is the new podcast room. Um, they've got production rooms, singing booths, DJ booths. There's potentially a dance floor. It's seminars, office upstairs. Yeah, it's really cool, really cool. Yeah, but uh, we haven't been able to use it just yet. Yeah, we've seen, um, seen some pictures and stuff on Instagram, and it looks a really good little place for us to get stuff done. It's wicked, man. It's just a modular modular space it's good for the media we don't need to hire anywhere for photo shoots for the merch etc yeah. all of the live streaming from here you can put production in um make new music record so like the room i'm in at the minute it's podcast room but also luke solomon's kitting it out and putting in all of his equipment making tunes to the right there's like a singing booth with the win with the window uh the window uh so yeah nice no, it's, it's good it's good it's just yeah Really looking forward to being able to actually use it yeah, properly. Everyone yeah. together. So for those people who don't know you, can you just tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into the industry? Of course. Uh, well, I started in Ibiza uh, in 2010 with both of you. Were you both there that year? Yeah, in yeah, 2010? Um, in 2010 and worked for a bar two bars called uh the egg bar at the time is at the egg roundabout egg smells of egg that's what <laughs> they used to call it uh and plastic so uh my cousin rebecca she used to be business partners with those with those venues and i went out on holiday with my uncle and my dad and um i was drunk and i started pr in in out in front out in front of the streets uh i managed to get some people into the bar uh and i was yeah, I woke up with the fear. I was like, oh no, what did I do? Uh, but then, yeah, they said, do you want to stay to stay in Ibiza, stay for the summer? I had nothing else to do. I was, yeah, young man um, and stayed there for the summer uh, and ended up staying, I think it was four years in Ibiza. So I was doing anything from PR in front of the, front of the bars, ticket selling on the beaches, ticket selling around pools, um, flyer in uh literally anything i could do i would do to be honest amazing so nice. you've worked way up in in 12 years from... 12 years yeah 12 years so it went from ibiza um the last year i ended up being one of the managers at the bar and then ministry of sound approached me uh to go and work for them in operations so i did a year traineeship with hector dewar and nod mcdonoghue so hector dewar is the coo of ministry um, amazing person, amazing person to learn off. Uh, and Nob McDonoghue, he uh, is a director at Ministry, but he's also uh, one of the managers at Glastonbury and quite a lot of other uh, festivals. So yeah, it was amazing to get that year traineeship in. Then what was I, your What was your role within Ministry of Sound there? So the first year was trainee manager of the club yeah of the club obviously there's the um, club and then the event side isn't it after so yeah you've got the tour inside you've got the club and uh obviously it used to be recorded until sony bought it so it was of the club uh and then 
then assistant manager, then assistant general manager, I think. So I was there for four years. Um, amazing, but uh, it didn't really test my creativity, I suppose. It was the same place, same time, same thing every weekend. Um, but it was amazing foundations for me. Um, and then I moved on and I joined. Um, I went for a few interviews, got knocked back. Uh, I wanted to become an agent. And then Joe Christie at Blueprint took me on. Uh, he had quite a techno roster. So it was a big change from ministry, which was great. And I did love the music. I do love the music, but not so much anymore. Um, and I worked for Joe for about a year, but it was a massive change for me. I was working from home. I'd meet him twice a week, wherever he was in London. Um, and I had a roster of about 15 artists and it was, it was intense, but, and it was all new to me, but it was uh, a real good stepping stone into the bookings, which I now do now. So, so, so your job for them artists was to, was to find them work essentially. Exactly that. Yeah. So I was their agent and as their agent, you got to find, you can find them gigs and that's how you earn money. It's how they earn money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like, I wasn't looking after anyone who where bookings were coming into me. So it's a real uh, hard graph pitching constantly yeah. with artists. Um, I think my, the, the, the ones that were, I'm not going to say the best because that's wrong because uh, people might, might listen. But uh, yeah, I was looking after a duo called Loco and Jam. Uh, they were part of, a part of like the Adam Bayer crew. And uh, I did lots of tours in uh, South America for them. They were, they were a great one to work with. And then after that, um, I spoke to Wes Saunders, uh, who I met at Ministry once. You actually released something with Wes, Dom, uh, years ago. Years ago. My first ever track. First track. A a label called Form and Function. Form and Function. It's a good tune, though. Yeah, it was was good. Uh, So then I spoke to Wes Saunders, and he was like, can you come in for a meeting? But yeah, and I, <clears throat> I didn't really have any idea what it was for. And then I sat down, I spoke with Wes, spoke with Simon. And then they offered me a job uh, to come in as the, I think it was, the, what was the role? Mark, events, events and DJ marketing manager. That was the role. Uh, and uh, I'll be honest with you, I hadn't really hadn't had much marketing experience in my past. Swing, it? Yeah. Absolutely. Not a problem. I can do that. Um, Yeah. Had a a crash course. No, it was uh, was more like, obviously, with the promotions, with Ibiza, a lot of guerrilla marketing. uh, So it comes pretty much hand in hand with what you do uh, with the online. And obviously, being in ministry for four years, you Mm. obviously pick up all the promotional tools. So that was good. And then progressed to uh, moved away from the marketing side. It's not what I wanted to do. Uh, Event manager. So going to all the events, booking artists. Uh, It then moved on to head of events. uh, And the team, as that was going on, was growing and growing. Uh, And before uh, the pandemic started, I still am director of events and talent and had 14 people in the events team, which is now uh, back down to three, four because really? of, because of the pandemic and it's really sad but we were flying but the, the the pandemic like obviously it's awful for everyone but it's um it's not been a bad thing for defected records i suppose it like obviously the live has completely stopped but our online presence and streaming that we're doing yeah. and 
making the live streams as if there are events. Um, you found different ways of, of still marketing the brand, haven't you? Exactly that. And it's yeah. just keeping current. Obviously, there is not as much money. Well, there isn't any money, really, yeah. in streaming. Yeah. Um, but it's it's just keeping the brand alive. So when we do come back live, and with, for live events, we're, fingers crossed, going to fly. I think we're in a really good position and talking to all the right people. Yeah, it seems the- it seems like uh, defected are at the forefront of a lot of things that are happening throughout the pandemic, whether it's to do with online streams or teaming up with different partners online. It seems to be they're always forward thinking and, and quite ahead of the the competition in a yeah. way. The likes of the um, the, sorry, the the virtual festivals and the teaming up for the Champions League, the likes of stuff like that. It's as as Dom said, it's really forward thinking, and user always seem to be ahead of the pack. Is, is that something that you that you you try and do? You try instead of stay ahead of your competition, you know, intentionally, or is this just the way the team at Defected works? Is it everyone throws in ideas, or I, I think I think we just push forward. Uh, we're never ever in a stale state, so we always push forward. We always drive. We always like see what's coming. So um, obviously, with the live streams, we what happened was we created a group. It was Wes. Simon, uh, myself, Tom and Sam created a group and it was like, right, okay, lockdown, what should we do? Is there anything we can do live? Because we used to before, we used to have a live stream section within Defected before this even happened, before live stream was a thing. And we used to live stream, well, not live stream, we used to record sets and stages at our festival in Croatia. Mm -hmm. So we were like, we can plug this through live. So we were like, okay, cool. And then within three days of just coming up with the idea, um, we had a 12-hour virtual festival at Ministry of Sound when we were all allowed to be there, but obviously socially distanced. Yeah. Um, so that's how it started. And then it was like, well, so we will have calls every morning and it was like, right, let's do this weekly. And we we're like, what? Weekly? And then it's just, it just becomes second nature. And Is it a lot of work that goes into them? Do you know what? Sometimes it's more than a real event. Yeah, yeah, I imagine, yeah. Like, especially especially the Champions League and Heineken um, deal we did. Was that in Amsterdam, that one? So we had Idris Elba in Amsterdam, Ferret Dawn in Amsterdam, uh, and then we had uh, Monkey in Portugal. We had Alina Roche in Brazil. So we tried using PDM um, in Germany. So we just tried using it as many locations as we could. Um, but having, being a partnership, you've got, opinions and brand guidelines from Heineken, opinions and brand guidelines from Champions League and UEFA, both of them. And a lot of us. guidelines and restrictions to stick to. Yeah, so it's got a fit with what we want to do too, musically, who, but it was it was actually amazing. And we worked through an agency at MNC Saatchi who were all brilliant, uh, Jasper and the crew. So yeah, that was um, that was a really, really uh, good, good step for us up. Uh, and we won a few awards. We won a, a virtual award with the, the drum, Mm-hmm. Uh, and a couple of others, I can't remember what they are. So just going back when you first started as a, as a PR outside Plastic in San Antonio and, and back to them days, did you ever think or did you actually want to be doing this job that, that you're doing now or did you sort of just fall into it? Um, and it was like a natural progression. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it, it, it was definitely natural, um, but I knew I loved it. It was kind of like my hobby. Um, I like. I don't feel like my work is working away. Obviously, well, yeah. When when I seen you PR and years ago, obviously I was I was resident DJ in plastic, and you were you were <laughs> PR outside. I still stand by it to this day. Anyone who asks, you were the best PR I've ever seen. 
because <laughs> your, your methods were just so so weird. You used to scream at people, get, get in the bar, yeah, <laughs> get in the bar, and, and they just look at you and, and think, Go on, then, yeah, I'll just, I'll just go in the bar. And some, some nights, you know, before you started, the bar was it was quiet, and and you and, and the other lad, Danny. Yeah, Dan, big up Danny Horton. Yeah, yeah, it, it was a crazy method that I don't think anyone had really ever seen before, and it seemed to work. And from there, I think you had the gift of the gab with a lot of aspects. Um, I think that's part of your nature. You you sort of wing something until you get the hang of it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, if, yeah. You say it, there's that saying, and it fake it to make it. But yeah. uh, uh, sorry, uh, fake it till you make it. But um, it's. It's it's if you've got passion and you work hard enough, I believe I strongly believe you can do whatever yeah, you want. Of course. So like with the with it happening uh, naturally is true, but I've put a lot of work into it. I, I work I work every day, seven days a week. Like well, I put this, a lot. This of is what into we it. wanted to move on to. Obviously, people who come to the events like uh, the defective festivals or the events you do all around the world. They don't see the back of house stuff that goes into it. They just turn up, you know, go into the DJ's play and leave. But there's obviously a lot more work that nobody would be aware of, isn't there? Huge amount of work. So obviously from the event sides, it's from the initial step of, sorry, the initial stage of, okay, you're securing the venue. Um, you get designers and production teams to build what it's going to look like. You have to set all your budgets, your P&Ls, get it approved, and then book the artists and then uh, the most important thing is you need to be able to sell the tickets and mm. try and do that organically and use your own channels to collect your own data to make you bigger and better for next time um that that's it in a nutshell but it's it, there's a hell of a lot of work that goes into it and it's we i think like, i think in 2019 we did 202 events um and all of them are so it's split between, so it's not just Defective Records, it's Defective Records, Glitterbox. Um, we've got Classic Music Company, which is headed up by Luke Solomon uh, with Honey Dijon as a resident. Uh, we've got Divine Sounds with Sam Divine, obviously. Uh, and we've got two new labels, actually. So, well, Faith isn't new, uh, but Faith uh, is started uh, with Defected now. So we partner with Faith. Uh, and Simon's son, Louis Dunmore and Seth Combo, They've set up a uh, Afro house uh, label called Sondella, um, and it's doing really, really well. I think um, it's getting a lot of love on radio already. I think they signed a track with Hyena. I think they're they're talking to quite a few people. On I don't think I'm supposed to mention who, but they yeah, yeah. they're talking to a lot of people, and um, it's just continuously diversifying our genres, like what we can do and what we can offer. So at the Defected uh, Croatia Festival, for example we can give six different stages that all were yeah. our own anyway yeah. and completely different vibes of music. And we did that with our London festival uh, in 2019, like all of the stages were our different brands yeah. and the fans of those brands stayed at those tents uh, or stages, should I say? So yeah, it was really yeah, good. We, we went to that. Didn't yeah. We? Good. Yeah. Yeah. So, see you there. <laughs> with, uh, with all them going on, it sounds like uh, a hell of a lot of work. So, could you break down for us? I'm, I'm assuming day to day is different for you, but a typical day in the life of yourself, what? Yeah, you know? man. Uh, so when it was normal, um, yeah. well, I'll start on the Tuesday. So Tuesday in the office, early doors, uh, grafting the office for till whatever time 
need to be done normally about 8 p.m. So about 9 to 8 p.m. Uh, and then do the same Wednesday, uh, do the same Thursday. So it's like three solid days in the office with the team, with the A&R, with everybody together, just obviously. So all the synergies there, what's going yeah. on, if there's anyone we should be booking, etc. cetera. Uh, and then on the Friday, early morning, about 6 a.m., I'd get a flight to Ibiza because uh, obviously we have defected at Eden on Fridays. And then on Saturday, I'd get on a plane and go to a show somewhere. For example, I don't know, Tomorrowland on the Saturday, fly back on the Sunday morning, do glitter box at high on the Sunday night, and then Monday morning, fly home, rest, back to the office Tuesday. That was my summer schedule, I suppose. That's crazy. You, you actually live the life of a touring DJ, except without playing the tunes, I suppose. Yeah, ex exactly that. And it's um, like, I love it. Don't get me wrong. It, it is hard, but you've got to be sensible. The, the only difference, apart from when, you, when you're doing it, I need to be there from the start to the end. The DJ yeah. can go there turn up, play, leave, um, unless they're having great fun. But it's, yeah, it's it's quite demanding for sure. But I've, yeah. uh, you, you kind of get used to it, man. And it's 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 an adrenaline that we all love. Like you two into it, I'm into it. It's like- yeah. it's, when, when, you first, when you first started doing that, did you find yourself getting sucked into like the party and was it all new, you know what I mean? Yeah, man, I did for sure. Like, I think I think I got sucked into the party in a, a earlier stage, so I wasn't too <laughs> too, too much. So, i.e., doing seasons with you two, uh, yeah. you kind of got that out the system. Got it out the system, yeah. 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 Like, li living in S bedroom apartments and uh, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, but I think I got a lot of that out. Don't get me wrong, I still love to party now, but I have. Well, I think I've got my head screwed on and I know what I need to do to be you know able to... You know when to stop. Yeah, exactly. And But like, look, everyone everyone has fun and at events, I do have fun. Like, it's never it's never a bore, boring moment. There's nothing yeah. to be bored about. Like, all the events are great. Um, there's such a buzz. The, the only, the worst thing ever in the world is obviously your phone. Can mm. someone get me here? Can, yeah. can you let yeah. me in? Can you, yeah. I'm on the guest list. I'm not here. And it's like, where, where do you even get my number from, man? It's yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the worst part. But yeah, no, it's 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 um, I enjoy it, and I can't, I just can't wait to get back, man. Yeah, yeah. Really and awesome. as as you as you said, given given the job that it is, it doesn't feel like work. I'm assuming sometimes it does because it's something that you've got a passion for. It doesn't necessarily feel like you know. I'm sure when you're dragging yourself into the office on a Tuesday, no matter if you're tired from being here there and everywhere on the weekends you're still happy to be in there and you just want to crack on and move ahead with the next week 100 percent. I, I feel like if you take ownership in whatever you do you you don't feel like you're doing this for someone else yeah so like and like my bosses wes uh, saunders and simon uh, they are amazing like they're brilliant they're great to work for um and like yeah they they make they make your life easier for you to be able to do your job and they allow you to have ownership on what you do. Mm -hmm. That's the most important part. And um, yeah, I feel like I have ownership on it. And I, I don't, yeah, I don't feel like it is work, to be honest. Yeah. Not yeah. at all. We were going to ask about when you coordinate events abroad. Yeah. Do you find that quite difficult? Obviously, if you're in the UK or have you got people on the ground there or how's that process work? Let's say, for example, Croatia. So that's a tricky one man like we we do we pretty much do everything in-house um to start with it was it was pretty difficult because i didn't have the relationships with those people mm. uh and i feel the most important thing with 
any type of work. Everybody can be a keyboard warrior, but nobody really knows anyone unless you've met them and you've gone out for dinner yeah. or you, you or you go for lunch, whatever, or coffee. No one really understands anyone. So what, at the beginning, I was butting heads a little bit with everyone. And I, I spoke to I spoke to the crew and I was like, look, I just need to go to meet all of these people just so they un- they can understand where I'm coming from. I can understand yeah. what they're like. Yeah. And then doing that just made made life so much easier yeah. you trust each other you get on and most of those actually my mates now like yeah. five years down the line i like whenever i'm anywhere or if i'm near them whatever we will make efforts to see each other and go for a bit even if we're not working with each other anymore mm-hmm. um and i think i think that's i think face-to-face value is the key for working with the p- people abroad and putting 100%. on events and then, and then then once you know them you can trust them uh and give them more responsibility of the brand in that territory. Yeah. So they come to you with venues and working with this, etc. Like you trust them, and that and that's how that's how I've approached it. And it's um yeah, I feel it's worked pretty well. How would you feel um is the best way to approach a big brand to do uh, a collaboration with them? Like you know, sometimes there might be a second room or third room somewhere, and you have a smaller brand in there. Yeah. if there's any um, up and coming promoters listening what would be the best way to approach a, a big brand just ask literally yeah. just ask like uh, nobody well not nobody but a lot of people don't ask and if it is uh, a solid brand and it doesn't even need to be up and coming and it's along our guidelines or wh- whoever they're approaching's guidelines and within their ethos I th- there's no harm in asking because you might get a yeah like yeah. it might not be within that brand's um plan at the time so we, we might have something in there but if there's not and like you're creating a report with someone I th- it's literally having the confidence to ask yeah, yeah. Um, because nobody's gonna think you're an idiot for asking it's it's good to hustle i suppose the worst that can happen is is they say no you know what i mean and then and you can build a bridge with someone from there and, and possibly there's something down the line exactly that exactly one one of you one of you sat on a leather seat by any chance oh for us staying very still <laughs> it's me I keep moving. is there um so obviously it's affected goes abroad ibiza croatia amsterdam the likes of that is there anywhere that you'd love to take the brand that it's not been before maybe introduce you to a new a new territory as you said or yeah man like which we're doing currently so we are we have a big demand in south america and we've never really done anything there before on <laughs> the scale that we should be doing uh i think it was about three years ago we did a couple of events and we worked with this really rogue promoter uh and he didn't pay someone it's something kicked yeah. off and then we had artists in south america didn't do the show it wasn't a good experience um that was nothing to do with me by the way uh so um we are talking to some real key promoters uh, out in Brazil and Argentina, uh, and we have some big plans coming up. Uh, fingers crossed this year. Um, I'm not sure yeah. logistically it works, mm. but we will see. Uh, but yeah, we, we've got some really big plans. Um, obviously, we do Australia, and Australia, uh, we do Australasia tour with uh, Matt Hironuk from One Hit, who... Uh, He's an amazing promoter, amazing guy, and he tours us around affected, uh, around affected, yeah, new one, <laughs> new country, uh, around Australia, New Zealand, and uh, Southeast Asia. So. And you, you get to go on all these tours, don't you? 
Yeah, I think I think it's important. You have to be there again. It's that face value. It's kind of like you're not just putting the artist in. Off you go and go with somebody who doesn't actually work directly for the affected. You need to represent the brand. You're looking after the acts, the artists, and it kind of it really feels like a family vibe. So the like probably my favorite tour ever was the Australia tour last February. So it'd been now, yeah, now last year. Um, I was flying out there, and it was. Sam Devine, Low Stepper, Roberto Sorace, Ferret Dawn, and Cormac, and obviously all the Australian crew. And we literally toured as if it was like, you know, those old tours you used to see on the buses. So yeah. we, we have buses together, all the airports together, same hotels. And it, it just, we just created such an amazing bond because of this. And the promoter would have barbecues at his house um, and I just traveling I these locations it was incredible yeah i think i remember seeing some videos on that on yeah. like instagram and user in the studio and stuff like that yeah man that was me in the, in the vocal booth <laughs> great wolf great uh <laughs> great, great voice nice <laughs> so what would you say has been your your favorite place that you've done an event or or a tour uh oh i've got to be careful with this haven't i <laughs> uh you could you could I, label the country if you don't want to be specific. No, no I'd, I'd say no. I would I would say uh, Omnia at Bali was probably one of my favourite events I've ever done uh, with Defected. It was just mind blowing. It's on the edge of the cliff. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you know it. It's where like yeah. uh, Lee Burris did the circular. Yeah. Uh, thing. Looks amazing. Looks unreal. Yeah. It's incredible, and it was a bit like I remember just standing there like, wow, this is like just mental like it's... is that is that a moment where you sort of pinch yourself and think how have i got to this uh yeah it was it was a moment for sure it's like this is mad like it was like completely sold out rams on a cliff edge in bali it yeah. was and everyone appreciating the music it was amazing yeah, yeah. um that and, and much better nah not at all man it was it was wicked um and then uh croatia is on is super special like um, you do need to come to that. that. That's somewhere where we planned on going this year, and obviously, yeah, um, yeah, if we're you know, allowed, if we're allowed, that, yeah, we'll be there. That 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 one for sure. Uh, we've got a phase four announcement coming up as well. Um, that's not just just the music though. Don't you have a, is it early morning yoga and things like that? Yeah. Wellness sessions. Yeah, wellness sessions. Um, it's it's it basically it's got everything in one. So it's got your restaurants, it's got your chill out areas, it's got you've got wellness sessions, you've got yoga sessions. Um, but it, the site is amazing and like you can party to whatever level you want at any time 24 hours it's there so like at, from 12 midnight onwards you can obviously go to Barbreda's till 6 7 in the morning um that's a special place actually yeah really special that. place um yeah. it's kind of like there's nowhere like it to be honest the sun rises and sound systems amazing it's just loads of people not going to bed it's just great. to uh, just to touch on the wellness part there must be a side of you and obviously all the touring DJs as well that gets burnt out and, yeah. and you must have to look after your, your health in other ways, you know what I mean? 100%. Um, and I'm a I'm a massive promoter of mental health as well. Like I, it, it's it's a horrible thing, uh, depression, anxiety, etc. It's not a nice thing and you do need to look after yourself and it is all well and good going to these shows and travelling, partying, working 24 hours, but at the end of the day, you do need to look after yourself. And uh, there is quite a lot of artists out there who don't who burn the candle and actually become really ill. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've been ill once from burning 
burning the candle at both ends and it was like well, okay you can't do that your body's telling just a wake up call was it massive wake up call man i was in bed for like two weeks um it was kind of like the flu i suppose but it was i knew it was my body just saying yeah. stop yeah um and it was yeah it's it's super important uh there's loads of obviously uh, mind charity which we did djz thing for um a stream for that was amazing um and we just i i've i like I, I meditate in the morning now and then probably two three times a week um i have cold showers like I, there's all these little things you can do it's yeah. all about your personal preference like yeah. what you think will help you yeah. and it's your mind at the end of the day and you know what's going on but mm-hmm. um yeah, I think I think for DJs and promoters or at whatever level, like the best thing to do is to talk to people, man. Never suffer on your own. There's a lot of people, especially in our industry at the minute, who are suffering with bad mental health because obviously we've we've been sort of left. You know, there's nothing going on in the nightlife yeah. industry. There's not much to look forward to at the minute. It's 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 definitely hit our our industry very very hard. I think. Yeah, it's it's we've been hit really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole the whole hospitality industry and same industry hit super hard and it's kind of like maybe a lot of people were maybe living not above their means but within their means at the time and then you take away absolutely everything you're yeah. left with all of these outgoings that you can't get rid of uh and yeah money is a stress and it is a super super uh testing time at the minute for the whole industry especially in the nightlife industry uh and we do need to we do need to keep reminding the government that we need help. We are here. This is a real job. We're not going to retrain. Um, and I, I think it's getting over to them slowly, but surely that it, I th- what is it? An eighth of the economy, the UK's economy. It's mm, something like that. The, yeah. night, the nighttime life. It, it's ridiculous. It might be even more. Um, oh, and um, I think it's super, it's super important. I, I like obviously it's hard for people to stay positive and and as you mentioned there you know money might be hard for uh, for people to keep going and I think there might be a few smaller promoters who work for maybe smaller companies who listen or watch this and they're trying to stay positive but even for yourself working for one of the biggest brands in the world how, how would you stay positive in this time? I think the key is just keep 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 active keep remaining active keep pushing your brand. Um, as you know, there's lots of ways you can promote your brand without there being an event live. Um, obviously, the money is not there, but in the long run, you're going to benefit from keeping keeping your brand alive and keep people recognising what you're doing. And it also keeps your mind busy, like you're working forward, you have a plan, um, and it's the, like your brand or as a promoter, like you have a meaning, right? Okay, I've got this. This is going to come back. I'm, yeah. It's going to be better than it was before. Just got to keep your mind in yourself that it will come back. Exactly that. And it's the same for, it's the same, It's this, but it's the same thing for producers, um, promoters, etc. Just keep going. Don't yeah. stop. One it's of the, one of the positives, one of the only positives that, that we found ourselves during this lockdown is that we've got to concentrate a lot more on our production in the studio. We've been in the studio five, six, seven days a week sometimes, and we found that our, our tracks have come on. Massively, yeah. Yeah, hugely within the space. Which is insane yeah. amount of work. Like, yeah. that's, that's mental how much you boys are doing. And, like, you do send tracks over... And it's getting better and better. It's it's at a serious level now. The like, thing it's, with it's brilliant. Obviously, me and Tom, we're, we're resident DJs in Liverpool. We work every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and we work long hours like yourself. And 
mm. by the time Monday comes around, you're just pretty wiped out. And it, yeah. before the lockdown happened and we were still working every weekend, it's it's hard to get that motivation to come in and then you're not fully switched on when you come in and you know you're not as creative as you would be. It's it's one of the only positives, as I said, is that you're quite fresh on a Monday. Yeah. Um and you're ready to go and just take the week on, I think. Hundred percent. And it's it's you you you've taken that and made it into a positive, which is amazing. Because, like you said, a lot of people are like, "Oh, this is rubbish," or they go and sulk or whatever. It's like it's just consistently pushing it out, and you're in the studio making music, and yeah, I I think it will happen, man. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough because there's because because there's no events on, and you know, there's it's hard to find inspiration at times. So there's been times when you know we've even came into the studio, and it's it, it almost feels like you know where we get an ideas from or you just have to you just have to keep pushing on with it and just try even if you come in and just get a, a few little bits done some days are better than others like yeah. yesterday i come in tom wasn't he i come in and managed to get you know 80 percent of a, of a solid track done in a few hours whereas the day before i come i come in on my own again and tom was tom was away and i've come in and i've just listened to the same baseline and kick over for like seven hours and yeah. in the Get end out of it. yeah i just switched the computer off and i thought it's not happening today just you know yeah just yeah. call it a loss for the day and go away rest your ears you know who who, who is your inspiration for this um, style? and also what is the style of music you're making i know it's your podcast but i'm asking you a question <laughs> i'd say we like to keep we try and make our stuff we try and have some soulful and quite a few musical elements. This is for our side project, sorry, by the way. Yeah. It's Saigon, it's called. And it's something that me and Tom started uh, last year. Um, and it's a production duo, which is separate from our from our DJing. Um, but yeah, go on, Tom, sorry. Yeah, we, we always try and look towards using soulful samples. Um, really digging for some decent stuff that's not being used before for example vocals that have been used you know however many times and just trying to have a an upbeat energy to it feel good um very um very very baseline driven music like groovy baselines but still staying true to like house roots you know yeah um it's still quite forward thinking the music i think but it's 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 feel good house music which which wouldn't sound out of place on uh an underground you know, yeah, sound system all club, yeah. But Archie, how um, vibes? Yeah, along them lines. Yeah, he's he's one of the people who whose videos you watch and tracks we listen to, and a, a lot of it is is um, inspired by the clubs and the events that take place in Amsterdam. Um, yeah. You know, there's they've got a good scene and sound yeah, over there. Yeah, funk, funk the slap. Have you heard of them? Slap funk. Slap funk. Funk <laughs> the slap. <laughs> you said the French version. <laughs> They throw some parties at a venue. I don't know if you may have been in Amsterdam called Brett and it's made out of like old shipping containers. It looks yeah. unbelievable and we've been saying we'd love to go. Brett AD is amazing. Early that, morning, 6am. That's, 6 that's one of the things that we're dying to go to go to ADA. Tom's being himself, but I've, I've not been yet and we had to plan in again for last year, which got cancelled, but... Well, those boys actually own a club called Lo-Fi now. Right. Um, so they, I think it's Nelson, his name is. Um, he owns a club called Lo-Fi in Amsterdam. 
So I'm not sure if they're, well, they're obviously not open at the minute, but I don't know what's going on. But yeah, if you do get over there, hit up Lo-Fi. It's amazing. Yeah. Nice, nice. Um, so going back to when you worked at Ministry of Sound, I was uh, I was a resident DJ there for a time as well myself. And I used to see you every single Saturday. Uh, I'd come down to London and play, and it, it was one of the best residencies I've ever had by far. They, they were just unforgettable, them, them weekends. Uh, but I remember I used to talk with you quite a lot because you were um, in charge of looking after the DJs that came in. Yeah. And I remember there was some crazy requests on, on DJs riders. Um, yeah, there was. Without, uh, without naming no names, can you can you tell us about some of the weirdest stuff you've had on the riders? So for an indoor club... SBF 30 sun cream <laughs> for a club that opens at 11 at 11 p.m. Um, uh, and it was like a thing. It was like, you need to have everything there. And it's like, no, no. Uh, crushed oysters, 20 crushed oysters. Um, that was one. Do you, do you get all these or is this just a request? No, they're, they're in their contracts as their rider. Wow. Yeah, so they have to have them or they won't no, play. You don't, you don't. Well, unless it's, I don't know, someone, unless it's Elton John, you're not going to do yeah. it, are you? But, um, and uh, Lego figurines was a bit of a weird one, but the agent emailed to make sure that the Lego figurines were within the rider. No way. Yeah, man. Do you, do no. you think, do you think sometimes it's just artists taking a chance and seeing what they can get away with? Or obviously you get the likes of, uh, if we go back to the last summer that I worked in Ibiza, I worked in space with Charlie and, you know, you get some stuff and you, you know, on, on the night that I work with, we had some, um, what are they, permanent markers? yeah, permanent markers, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, I'll sign your t-shirt. Yeah. Or you'd, right. you know, you'd get someone like if there was a vocalist on, they'd request like honey, which is kind of, you know, you'd understand that because they use it obviously to help the throat and stuff, but, Sometimes you get stuff across and it just be like, are they just doing that to see what they can get away with? Or I, I think I think the ones with a great personality, yes, they're like, right, well, let's chance our luck, see if we can get yeah. away with it. Yeah. And it's it's it is funny, man. It is. Yeah. But then you can tell if they're serious or not, because let's not get it wrong, like there are a lot of divas out there who yeah. probably shouldn't be. Um and it seems like it's becoming more and more at the minute. Uh the more and more the work that our world goes mainstream, the more and more diva-ish people are getting in for yeah. sure. Uh, but yeah, you just got to take it with a pinch and salt. At the end of the day, it's a rider. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Have it's you ever just... had someone kick off so much that they don't play because there's something on there that they wanted? Yeah. Yeah, but I can't, I actually can't tell you who because <laughs> it's someone quite close to me. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to tell you. Yeah, keep that one to yourself. Yeah, I will. Another thing we'd like to grab your opinion on um, in events and clubs is phones, the use of phones. What's your what's your stance on that? You know, um, are you for it? Are you against it? Or Look, phones, I have nothing against phones. So it's, it's, it's a new way of how kids are partying. There's a big drop coming up. Everyone wants to capture the moment in case there's confetti, in case there is yeah. uh, every, like the kids now are like living off Instagram. Exactly, yeah. But as a promoter, with if you've got a full club, say you've got 5,000 people with their phones out, that's 5,000 people doing your marketing for you. For free, free promo. Yeah. 
Yeah. Just free promo. Yeah. Sorry. And it's the best promo you can get because it's all natural. So if you've got 5,000, for example, there's, there's, a, there's a photo of New Year's Eve at Printworks with Defected. I think it was MK, New, like the 12 o'clock moment. And there's this photo of literally every single person on a phone. So it was like, it was like a massive torch. Yeah. So it was from the DJ looking out into the crowd and it was like a massive torch and it got slated online. It's like, Oh, I'd hate to be there. Look at that. Look at that. No, it's just, it's people capturing their new year's Eve moment, massive drop. Mm. I get it. Like you don't do that all night. Like I've done it before. Everyone does it yeah, in clubs, yeah, quick video and then puts it video, down yeah. Yeah. like quick video. So like, and then you enjoy your night. So people only just moan up the negatives, don't they? They only yes. see what they want to see. Social media is, is social media is everything these days. And it is, it is, and it's the best best form of promo. And yeah. I'm, I'm look, don't get me wrong. I when I go, so I, I go to take defected everything out. I go to a party that I love. I want to go out. I I'll take a video or two, but then I just want to enjoy my night yeah, with my yeah. mates. There's like I do. Yeah. There's a limit, but the the kids now it is more but it's it's normal for them it's not really yeah. normal the people moaning are the ones who never have phones when they used to rave exactly that's what it is I, and I they would have done the same as, as a promoter as well you'd be happy to see people videoing what you've done and and, and capturing the moment and it, i suppose it's more annoying when you see someone standing on the phone just with the head down texting you know when the event that's the worst on, so. yeah that's yeah. the worst mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah of course that's not why you're there but I don't know. He might might be late for his dinner or something. So each to the own. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And what's the most challenging thing that you've come up against in, when you've been putting on events? Oh, Okay. Uh, challenging. Do you know what? I keep going back to this. It's <clears throat> it's the biggest reward, but also the biggest challenge. Defective Croatia is the biggest challenge by a mile. So we're putting on our own festival. We're the promoters. We do all of the logistics. So we have 90 plus DJs to get from wherever in the world to there yeah. for a certain time, yeah. for a certain set time, back to the hotel, back because it's ours. Yeah. We do all of that. And um, I feel, yeah, like obviously with the team. So um, on, on my crew, like I'm not going to mention names because I'll probably miss one and they'll kill me. Uh, but like doing the logistics, obviously like, we all know Paul. No Paul, he works for us. Yeah. Uh, he does the logistics. We've got Chloe Saunders, uh, Amanda, Andy Rayside, who you also know. You know Andy yeah. Rayside from yeah. the, the old Glasgow days. Yeah. Uh, and the the way the whole team pulls together to make something that special happen is so tough. Like it is so demanding. But it is well worth it. Sorry, my phone's going off. Uh, it is well, well worth it. Um, and yeah, that's that's that, that's the most challenging thing is coordinating a six day festival with who's a, ninety plus DJs and five thousand people. Who, who's a, who does it land on when a DJ misses the flight? The DJ. So what happens then? Say you've got a DJ who's meant to be on in in three hours and and they've missed the flight. Luckily, we've got quite a family vibe with all the artists. So, yeah. like, uh, back to Croatia, for example, it, it, there's no VIP. They, everyone, I kind of, obviously, there's our saying in our house, we're equal. It's kind of like just everyone's there together. And if a DJ's already playing and you're like, look, this, this happens every day, all the time. Uh, they're not here for another 20 minutes. Do you mind playing? 
they're like, yeah, of course, fine, yeah. done. Like, like sometimes artists will go, yeah, cool. Like, even for example, like festivals that aren't ours, we did Balaton Festival in Hungary, and Sam Devine had an absolute howler getting to Hungary. She made it in the end. I think it took like eight hours because um, <laughs> she was sat at a gate on a phone and missed the plane. Um, <laughs> Let me story about that. Uh, Nerval Baptiste done the same when we booked him in Liverpool. <laughs> do you know? Do you know what he did? I, I've no. actually seen the video. Uh, go on, he, carry on. He had he had a screenshot of the time. <laughs> Right, so he yeah. screenshotted, so he kept looking at the picture of the time. It's like, oh, yeah. I've still got loads of time. Um, but anyway, and then like it was, I think it was Matt Joe and Claptone, and they were like, Yeah, cool, we're we'll play an extra hour and a half each. So she was three hours late, but she still managed to play. Yeah, they were there early. We put them on. It's just you just got to adapt. And yeah. at the end of the day, as well, it's like it's a show, but you're doing it for there's something something that you do for love like these djs doing it because they love music yeah like there's i've not really come across many djs who are like fuck off i'm not doing it also um i'm not doing that it's like yeah cool it's like everyone worked together and it benefits everyone in the long run one of the uh one of the things that that i used to love seeing on, on your social media and all the defectives was um fridays in ibiza at eden yeah man it just looked like every single week was just was brilliant it Eden, Eden is amazing. That, so, that was a good move, I think, for Defector going yeah, to Eden. Definitely, mate, amazing move, and and that is that's a credit to Simon. So before, like, there was quite there was a bit of a stigma to Eden. Like people, were like, yeah, loads of people have tried, didn't work since the Judgment Sundays days. But it recently had, had a revamp in the past few years, didn't it? So they've they've done it up. It looks amazing. The sound system's incredible. Yeah, uh, Rinko. Big up Rinko, uh, Dermot and Niall, all the crew, they're amazing. And Simon, Simon's thing was like, look, we did have offers for other clubs, big clubs in Ibiza. It was like, let's go to where the kids are. Like, let's go, let's capture a new audience. So if we, sometimes there's people who go to Ibiza and they don't even know why they're there. They have no idea what yeah. brand is there. They're just there. And if you capture that audience, they're your fans for the next five to 10 years. So instead of going elsewhere where they all have to travel to, they can walk to Defected at Eden on a Friday night. Mm -hmm. The tickets were 20 pounds. So we didn't do the typical Ibiza thing. We did it for 20 pounds. So it was affordable and accessible. And it's, yeah, it's been a massive, huge success story. Like we, we, we at some point at the beginning we couldn't keep up with the cues etc it was mental yeah um and it's and eden have done an amazing job what they're doing as well so yeah it's been a it's been a great partnership i think that's a really good move for Saman because there's not there's not a lot of reason for people to go down and spend the full night there you know there's obviously you've got ocean beach where people spend the days you've got the bars like plastic and such which is you know it's all right for a couple of pre-drinks but um before defected the evening on a Friday. Obviously, there's Cafe Mambo and the Sunset Strip, but then after a certain time, people just head to, you know, over to play them boss there to, to high to Oshway, places like that. You yeah, know? I beat the town and Pasha and yeah. A hundred percent. I think I think it I think it did help. Uh I think it did help Sanan a little bit. Like I don't think it it's changed Sanan whatsoever. Like it's it it definitely helped it on the Fridays. I think a lot of people benefit benefited from it. Mm -hmm. um and it's also just proving that you don't need to be too cool for school to put on a great event exactly yeah. literally yeah. for us it's about the music it's about the the community and the production 
So that's, that's uh, how we work. On a Friday, what was your what was your day like on a Friday? Would you fly out to Ibiza early morning Fridays? Fly out to Ibiza early doors, like 6 a.m., get the car, go to the airport, uh, go go to see Jose to get pick up a car, uh, see him every week, go pick up a car. Uh, I'd either go to Simon's Villa uh, or I'd be staying at a hotel, just depending on the logistics throughout the weekend, what we needed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, then it was the Mambo's pre-party, which loved, miss a lot. It was amazing. Like, I remember I complained once. I was like, oh, God, Mambo's again. What I do to be there now. <laughs> when you look yeah. back on that. Well, <laughs> like, like, get me back there. Like, yeah. it was, it, do that. And then we go straight to the club. I think before you know it, man, it's six o'clock and we're in the yeah. car back, going back home. And then Saturday was chilled. Because uh, the day after the event, you've got so much adrenaline. Like, yeah. I normally have two to three hours sleep. And then I long out of the day. I Like, I tire myself self out. So I'm fresh for the next day. But it's um, what, yeah, um that, that's my typical day on the Friday. What would you uh, what you do in your downtime? Obviously, it seems like you, you you're sort of constantly working, or you're thinking about work. When do you ever switch off and just take your mind off it for a few hours? Uh, so the day after, like I said, a couple of hours sleep, get up, I I whack on an omnibus of films. Order my dominoes. Thought you were gonna say Eastenders then. <laughs> nah. Or Coronation Street. <laughs> Omnibus and Corrie. Um and yeah, no, and just yeah, like I, mm. I, I do love to chill, but I don't like to love to chill too much. Like when I'm yeah. super busy, I'm like, oh I'd love just to chill tonight, but you can't. Mm-hmm. Uh but I always find when I am chilling, I'm like, right, okay, let's do something. Yeah, can't sit still. Yeah, but it's yeah, you do need to, and it's uh yeah, that's I just chill and eat, to be honest. That's my um, chill period. I've, I've heard that you're, you're pretty awful at FIFA as well, judging off Sam's <laughs> videos, yeah. No, that's not true. I am very good at FIFA, actually. Uh, I, I do play a bit of FIFA in my spare time as well. Yeah. Um, I was awful. I've got better since lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> um, would there be a, a good piece of advice to somebody who wants to move into the, the nightlife industry? Uh, who wants to maybe do what do what you're doing yourself with promotions and things like that? Yeah, for sure. I, th- I think I think the key to get into the industry is networking. Um, just being at the clubs when you can, um, mixing with the people uh, who are already in the industry, asking questions, asking if you can send stuff over. Um, again, it's probably back to your point of like, what would you do if you're a promoter and you wanted to have room two, three? It's literally just getting in the mix, asking people. It's like because how do you become friends? You become friends by meeting people. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're the people who give you the opportunities. So I think networking is key. Um, and d- just don't really, don't get disheartened at the end of the day. It's, it's, it's just, it's just a world you, you, you choose to live in and you, you want to push forward with what you're doing. And I think utilizing your networks and creating new networks is the most important thing for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, networking seems really important. Um, in in uh, you know, for the likes of ourselves with the production, it's <clears throat> especially as you said, face to face networking. You can do online networking through the likes of Instagram and you know, meeting people from all over the world. But the face to face stuff really what matters. Um, it's something that we probably struggle to do because yeah. we're because of our DJ residencies Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We struggle to being in and about other places, which is something that we'd like to try and do a bit more. Yeah. Um, 
but it's difficult when the events are on the um, on the weekend. That's why we had the likes of ADE booked in because we know that's a really good few days to kind of get in and you yeah, know, man, put a face to a name. Hundred percent. I think I think that's that's a really good point, and you do need to set a bit of time for that. So obviously, I'm, I'm assuming you want to go to these places together. So it's it's finding someone who can fill your shoes. Um, and I know you two are brilliant DJs, so it's quite a hard thing to do. So it is a difficult call one. But like you said, networking events, i.e. Uh, ADE or IMS, they are the perfect opportunity to do this. You can put in, fill up your meeting schedule, put a name to a face. But then like one of the, one of the most annoying things for me, well, not annoying, sorry, that's the wrong word. But like, for example... I live in London and someone else lives in London and we've been talking on emails, et cetera. And then it comes to AD and they're like, do you want to meet up? It's like, well, we can meet up for lunch any day. Like let's, let's yeah. utilize this yeah. time to meet people from the other side of the world to yeah. put a name to a face, face to a name. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think you're right. It is really hard to, but there's also like no harm. Like if there's someone you really want to speak to, but like, can you jump on a zoom? it's the yeah. new it's the new normal it's yeah, like yeah. cool and then you kind of get you get a face-to-face value with it not as well because you can't go out and get them a beer or mm. stuff like that yeah. but it does it does help for sure yeah if you were um, again for any sort of upcoming promoters who would be listening would you say it's it's say you were doing your first event and would you think it's better to book a big dj straight away to try and get a following or would you start small and build it up I'd start small and grow organically in the territory you're in. Yeah. Um, I think if you can do that, I think it's really hard to do that. Yeah. Um, but it's the best way you can by capturing your community and audience within your surroundings that you're already in doing that, proving to yourself, right, I can do this now. And then that's when you branch out, but you've already created a following. People might travel to this show for you. Um, for, even for example, uh, a night in Liverpool down in London people in London wouldn't have a clue what the night's called yeah but if it's tried and tested and it's like it's out there for sure I think I think you definitely should branch out but I think organically and local is when when you when you will know if you can do it or not yeah. it's not if you can do it or not it's if you want to do it or not like, yeah, everybody yeah, can it, yeah. do it and it's like if you if you've got if you've got enough determination you'll be able mm. to do it yeah because i suppose if you did an event and you went straight in for a big dj that's if you could get it and you had the relationship with the agency you're kind of always then relying on the big name to pull and sell your tickets whereas if you can do it without that and, and a nice strong resident lineup then you're gonna do just as good, you know, just as good without a big DJ on. Hundred percent. I got bit on the ass with it. Um, I did, a, and I started a brand years ago um, called Papillon. Uh, it means butterfly in France, uh, and the logo is a butterfly. Uh, you were actually on one of the gigs, Dom, that I lost loads of money on. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> might owe me some money actually. Welcome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this. They did a Papillon gig. Uh, I'm not going to mention the brand or the DJs, but it's a very, it was a very big brand and very big DJs and bit off more than I could chew. I did it with uh, Sam Sparrow, who I live with, who I work with. He's my best mate. Um, we did it together. And yeah, we we put on a couple of events. We did it naturally and it was great. And we were like, right, we've got this. We can make this amount of money. Let's go. And we ended up losing 17 grand. Oh. 
Wow. Yeah. Why? What actually happened there? <laughs> it, it, it bit us in the eye. We just we just couldn't sell the ticket. Was it the ticket? Yeah. It was the ticket. It was the the higher fee. It, like we were doing a big club. Like we just went from nothing to huge, huge. Yeah. I'd yeah. say area. And with this brand, and yeah, we just like the production, etc. It just all cost a fortune and lost a fortune. And I, I think, how old was I? I was twenty three. Mm. And I was, yeah, I've, I've, I've never really got over that. It hurt a lot. <laughs> but, a yeah, I, I blame, I blame Dom Townsend for being on. Yeah, so do I. Mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. You don't want to sell tickets then book me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, that's so yeah, definitely start small and just yeah. gradually grow. Yeah. Um, and I think you've got to be patient for time. Just think yeah. of the long game. No yeah, quick cash it, and yeah. grab. A, a lot of people these days want, want something here and now, you know what I mean? And they don't want to play the long game and wait for it. They yeah. do, and, and people's egos get in the way. They're like, oh, I can't do that because I wonder what people think of me. Yeah, this, yeah exactly. This level. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid, man. Like, it's really, really stupid. Yeah. It's, um, it's one of them. You've got to be in it for the love of it. And it's especially with the likes of Instagram coming along. There's a lot of people getting into it now because it almost seems like the trendy thing to do. But yeah. the likes of ourselves, we've been in the game, you know, 12 plus 15 years, you know. Literally, yeah. And you've just got to keep plodding on. And, and if you stick at it and you're consistent and you're determined and, and you believe that you can do it, then you will do. 100%. People just seem to want overnight, uh, sorry, overnight success. Yeah, yeah they do. And they, and they just want to look good and whatever. But you can definitely tell. You see so many events that just appear once and then just just never come back again. Yeah, but th there are a few good ones coming up. Um, slowly, like I, I, obviously the pandemic's really <laughs> got in the way, but there are a few some really good brands coming up, and I, th I think I think there's a good I think there's a really good future for our world with new yeah. events, etc. Yeah. For sure. I suppose once we're allowed to go back to normal, the whole scene is just gonna explode and everyone will be going to every single party that they can do i think it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be a tough year this year for sure it's gonna be difficult but when we are back to our full capacity it's going to be bonkers for yeah. a for a while i think i think for a good year yeah. it's going to go mad and we need to be prepared for that for sure yeah. people will want to make up for what they've missed out on multi for sure. yeah yeah 100 percent and what's next then for Defected Glitterbox Classic? We noticed this morning that you've announced a link up with Twitch. Yeah. So yeah. is that something, you know, just for the short term that you're trying to, you know, until we get back to doing events, that kind of thing? How's that going to work? It's super exciting. So the thing with Twitch is we've done a six-month brand partnership deal with them. So we're doing a certain amount of live time on Twitch a week in the studio. So it will either be... A podcast session or it will be a tutorial uh with producers so it'll be an hour on twitch tutorial how to do this next week and make a series of it uh it will be dj's lives from the basement um lots of different ideas i.e like selectors so a dj will come in and choose all his favorite tunes to play out and, and like go through his vinyl box etc um and it's just yeah again it's forward thinking of okay what can we do the now like okay well, yeah. what's it going to be like for the next six months we don't know so let's do this and it's it's been it's, it's been uh I th well i think it's going to be really really good it's exciting and i think there's a longer partnership there than just the six months for sure twitch is something um, that's uh, really boomed obviously through the pandemic yeah it's boomed massively and also back to the point of like going to sanan capturing your audience the audience and Twitch are a little bit younger 
and being able to do stuff on there and being able to do stuff that we wouldn't necessarily do on our online other on our other platforms like <laughs> Facebook and Instagram because it's not within our brand guidelines being able to do a bit more cooler and quirky stuff yeah. will capture a new audience for sure um yeah it's it's, it's good it's exciting it seems and then apart sorry go on that seems to be a lot of artists kind of jumping on on the twitch um platform we've been watching videos of disclosure um and they just kind of breaking down tracks or showing just delving into production and showing people their techniques and it seems a really interesting platform the way you can present stuff it's 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 just it's just natural isn't it so like you could be on here and you you could literally mess up a million times but people still be watching because it's xyz doing this you're, you're getting first hand knowledge from the people that you look up to how they're doing their productions, et cetera. Um, And then apart from Twitch, we are planning more live streams. Uh, We've got a new venue, uh, which I can't tell you, for Glitterbox. So Glitterbox has a new documentary coming out. Uh, It's called Where Love Lives. Where Love Lives. Uh, It's coming out on the 19th of March. And it's, yeah, it's brilliant. But we are going to do like a, after party live stream from a certain venue in london mm-hmm. um and it's yeah it's super exciting so we're planning all of that and then obviously we are planning for croatia to go ahead um as like probably our first event um but if it doesn't we are fully prepared for the rest of the year for when we are allowed the restrictions are lifted we're ready to go nice it's um it's a mad one with glitter box isn't it because obviously it's it's sort of based around the disco, the more disco side of music, and it, it seems to be really popular with the younger, the younger generation. Did you ever did you ever imagine that they'd uh, take to it that much? No, it, like it, it progressively got younger and younger. So uh, it was so in the clubs. It like it was. I'm not gonna. It wasn't old. It was there was a lot of older. Yeah. Um, like the demographic was all older than yeah, 18 to 25. So let's say 25 plus, right? Yeah. But now I think just because of the equality and how fun it is, like anything goes, you can wear what the fuck you want. Yeah. Come to a party and just enjoy it with your mates. It's one yeah. of the only events I see people dancing together. Yeah. Looking at each other instead of looking at the DJ doing that. Yeah, yeah. Because they're having so much fun. It's like a call that we like this, like obviously that does happen. Um and I feel it's just got so much fun. The the dancers and performers are incredible. Like we don't know if you know, but we we when we tour, we bring our performers with us because they are just as important to the brand as the DJs are. Yeah, yeah. People recognize them. Oh, that's Lucy Fizz, that's Tete Bang, that's Misfit. Like it's such an important thing. And I just feel I just feel that unity and fun that we try and put on within Glitterbox uh really represents the crowd now. So it's literally 18 to 60. Yeah, we we noticed that we we uh, me and Tom our residency is is in 54 in Liverpool and We've booked a few of the glitter box and defective resident DJs. We had Melville Baptiste, we had yeah. Low Effer, we had Moose T, um, and, and Katie Goodman. Yeah, and man, man like Moose. Yeah, <laughs> Moose. The Moose T night was absolutely crazy. It was unbelievable. Like I yeah. didn't, I didn't think it would be. I knew it'd be popular, but that was just ridiculous. And it, it, I didn't think it would go down as well as it did. But it just, he just took the roof off, and he didn't. He's amazing, he just, huh? He just stuck to his roots of of that. You know, there wasn't anything. 
which is all relevant still it's it's come back all that music is back and it's that vocal like we get quite a lot of requests for a lot of um simon's back catalogue for like a load of grime tracks they want to use the chorus because people recognize it straight away so it adds enhances the tunes yeah um i think yeah i think it's super i think i think it is relevant and the kid the kids I learn like not learning, but they they just want someone to have fun with their mates, have a sing along. Yeah. But you can also rave. Like it's not like all frilly. It's like yeah. you can have a proper rave. And that's yeah. how we 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 program our events. So like room one, for example, at high will be basement jacks, groove armada, and Roger Sanchez, for example. So two hours oh, each. So bang. glitter boxes are high every Friday in the summer, isn't it? Every Friday in Ibiza, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have that. And then in room two, well, it's not called room two because it's nearly the same size and it's it's just different styles of rooms so the club room uh so room one's called the theater this room two is called club room but it's not room one and two if that makes sense yeah and the club room we'll have Follamore, soul clap honey dijon uh greg wilson dj harvey we go a little bit more of the cooler vibe uh not cooler more of just a bit more bit more left bit more wonky vibes so we're giving people whatever they want so yeah. you want to go and just throw your hands in here and rave all night go there if you if you if you want to listen to a bit more selective specialized music, yeah a bit more specialized music go there and then obviously we program the toilets the toilets at high and like you've got crews like melon bomb blowing the roof off yeah, yeah. and you two play there right yeah, yeah we did it's just one of the best places yeah it's amazing that that, yeah. that occasional whiff of shit Oh, it's lovely. It just, <laughs> just adds to it, yeah. It just totally adds to it. But, but yeah, it's, that's, it's, it's a that's bizarre it. setting that the toilet yeah. because you walk into a toilet and everyone who goes in there for the first time is like, "What's going on here? It's a toilet." But it's a full-blown rave in there. The yeah, ceiling amazing. lights up. The sound system is better than most club systems I've ever played on. Yeah, it's amazing. It is amazing. Um, but yeah, that's that's uh, that's that's where and that where sells out every Friday as well, doesn't it? Completely sells out, man. Yeah, it sells out. Um, to be to be honest, yeah, it's it's take it's taken a long time to get to that stage mm-hmm. for sure. Like it's it's been an upward hill, um, not battle, but it's been we've worked hard with it, and uh, we've um, finally got to a stage where no one's ever happy. We still want it to be better for sure, but yeah, we are selling out pretty much everywhere yeah, we go it's now. It's been a great success story, hasn't it, over the past, what, five, six, maybe seven years since it started? Six years, I think, yeah. now. I suppose another aspect of uh, bringing in a, a, a younger crowd as well is that you, the likes of their, say it's a 20-year-old who's going, their parents may have, maybe between the ages of 40 and 50, they may have been going out 20 years ago listening to that music. And the, the the children have been brought up kind of with that music, whether it's in the background or driving around in the car, it's subconsciously in the mind. And and they they go to a glitter box event and they go, I know this from you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah, and also uh, kids and parents go to glitter box together. Yeah, yeah, like they times. both love it, and it's yeah. like right, I'll go with my mates, I'll see you there, mum. Yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> That's like, right, yeah. it's brilliant. But, um, it's like it's just got a. Uh, it's just got this fine line. It's like, because it's far from like frilly, like it's actually got a really cool side to it. So, for mm. example, all my mates who live in Ibiza, who go to DC 10 or work at DC 10 on the Monday, they come to Glitterbox on the Friday because they still get in that same vibe. It's just that family community can listen yeah. to whatever they want. <laughs> Loads of cool breakout rooms. It's just, yeah, it's just got, 
it's just got a, something re, re, something really special especially unique about it yeah. um yeah. but uh yeah that's 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 glitter box man Thanks. Uh, okay so we have got just to end because i'm sure we could probably carry on talking all day but um we've got a few quick fire questions for you yeah no right or wrong on these yeah. can uh can you quickly just explain what happened in Espalmador mud bars before like <laughs> <laughs> okay so <laughs> when when when, so, you ju- when you jumped in it wasn't me it was just... <laughs> <laughs> so years ago we were in ib13 2012 was it 13 oh, i think so yeah um, it was years ago we, we hired a bolt out there was about six or seven of us wasn't there yeah, we literally put a month's wage into it. Yeah, and um, it was an all, it was like an old pirate ship. Right? It was. It was. It was. When we say both, it wasn't a yacht. It was just this old wooden. And, and this is this is what Dom did, by the way. This is not yeah, me. It's, it's, <laughs> you know, for a fact, it's George, obviously. When I tell a story, you know. So we hired this boat out, and um, we were on it all day, all having a bevy, and then we went over to Formentera. So I've been roasting all day, and George was like, "Oh, there's these mud bats here." So we're like, all right, Sam, we'll park the boat up, swim onto the beach and walk to the mud bath. And George being George, I'm sure anyone who knows him who's listening to this will 100% back <laughs> me up that this is a George thing to do. He runs over onto the beach, soaking wet. First thing he does, runs straight into this, this mud bath, dives in, covers his whole body. And I've even got photos, covers his whole body, everything. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, yeah, come on, come on. It's this Spanish fellow who's standing there was like, Oh, you are in the sewer. You are in the sewer. <laughs> George had covered himself in, in shit. You know, like... Whatever it was, it was the worst thing ever. Oh, but I'm sure, I'm sure. The reason why I asked that, I'm sure you got in another one and again it was the wrong one. Yeah, I left that bit out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. It, was, oh, it was horrific. We were all like, oh, yeah, skin, skin feels amazing. And someone was like, hey, this was a human shit, you know? <laughs> Never, ever again. Never again. Maybe oh, we'll leave the air the Dermot story for another time. Brilliant. Well. Yeah, we'll do that. Nice, time. nice. That so good. So yeah, we've got um, we've just got some quick fire questions to ask you. No right or wrong. We'll ask you them. You can give us a one word answer, or you want if you want to tell us your reasons why. Feel free. Okay. Did you want to start? Okay. Off? So first one: DC ten or amnesia? DC ten. Why? I love it. I do love yeah. DC ten. We've had some good good yeah. nights in there. We, we, <laughs> do, do, do you remember that some time? Some weird we, nights in there. We, we, <laughs> we've had some really weird nights in there. But do you remember when we went together? Then um, oh, I met up with you, and you were like, "Yeah, uh, it was it was nice going out with you last night." Um, <laughs> yeah, just didn't, didn't speak to you once all night. <laughs> no, um, it was it was with Titch, wasn't it? Yeah, and and one one of the lads, Titch, who's <laughs> probably listening to this, he um he used to love a bevy and he, he used to be a bit of a party animal and <laughs> you were there as well. Tom was there, but we were a different group of mates and we went. Was it the closing party or the opening party, two thousand fourteen? Was it something like that? Is it? Yeah. Um, is this um, the meat cannon? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was chocolate <laughs> in the garden and it was, it was literally shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, it was the opening, wasn't it? Yeah. And we were all like, oh, it's brilliant. This and we're looking around and. And Titch is just staring up, looking at things, and <laughs> like, you all right? And he's like, whoa, whoa. And he's, and he's dodging things, and me and you were looking at each other, and we're like, what's that? 
And he went, Titch, what are you doing? And he went, the meat cannon. <laughs> and we were like, the what? And he went, the, 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 fella, the, the fella's up there and he pointed at the DJ box and he thought it was a meat cannon. They were firing meat out. Whilst putting his bottle on people's heads because <laughs> they thought they were moving stools. So he thought people were tables and he was putting oh, his bottle on God. people. He's like, it's moving. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, answer nice. to the question, DC10. Nice, yeah, good okay. choice. Ibiza or Croatia? Oh, you can't do that. Need an answer. Uh, Croatia. Really? Croatia. No, it's Croatia and Ibiza together. Okay. <laughs> if you had to pick one. Uh, Obviously, we, we've never been to Croatia yet, yeah, so we, yeah. we can't even... If you said to us Croatia... we. I'll, I'll ask you the same question after you've been. Fair okay, enough. Okay. Uh, club or festival? That's a hard one, man. So club is definitely the ethos of what we do. But moments at festivals can be, like, amazing, breathtaking. So I would probably say festival. Nice. Mm-hmm. Just for that that pure moment of like when it's all just literally going off and it's yeah, like, yeah. well, and you can have 20,000 people in, in front of your stage, it's mental. Yeah. Uh, fabric or Studio Three Three Eight? If you've if you've been to yeah, uh, uh, I don't even to Fabric. I don't know if you've been to Three Three Eight. Personally, Fabric. Personally, yeah, um, I think it's I think it's an amazing club with great heritage. Three Three Eight is amazing. We've done the events there before, but for me, just uh, for what fabric stands for, the cultural aspect of it, is definitely the one for me. Three three eight, another venue we've not managed to get to, and we'd love to. It, it almost looks like it when I first look at the terrace, it reminds me of like a mini UK version of Amnesia's terrace. Exactly that. It yeah. is exactly that. It's really really cool, and yeah. it's obviously got all the balconies, etc. Yeah. It is um, good, but um, for partying, fabric for fabric, sure. Fabric's a good club. It's the Sunday parties they do there. They're unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, um, they're amazing. Daytime or nighttime? Daytime. Yeah. Yeah, because it leads into the nighttime. Mm, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> answer, yeah, I wasn't expecting that. Prince or Michael Jackson? Prince. Nice. Uh, cycling or running? Cycling. Really? Taking up spinning. Okay. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah, I I enjoy spinning. It's like I don't really like uh, cardiovascular, but, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I couldn't think of the right word. Uh, but I, I enjoy I enjoy spinning actually. I, when and when we we're allowed, I used to go spin classes and stuff at Boom. It's good. Okay, thanks. Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. Sunset. I'm not an after party person. Mm. Yeah. I'm like I <laughs> really, yeah, uh, really, uh, no, but no, I, I, I much prefer sunset. Yeah, sunset, get, get an old army. Yeah, man. Um, city break or beach holiday? Beach holiday all day. Yeah, yeah, nice. 100%. I uh, went to Sardinia in the summer last year, and it was just amazing just to get away from the hustle and bustle because we, we live in cities, man. Yeah, it's, it's nice to switch uh, off. It's a nice to turn away. Yeah, exactly. Apple Music or Spotify? Spotify. Yeah. Just personal Spotify. preference or personal fret preference. Uh, 
just the algorithms amazing what they recommend etc in your own your own playlist and stuff it's yeah it's really yeah, the good. playlist on the spotify are good aren't they spot on man really good so yeah that's our final questions for you um any parting words from yourself uh just want to say thanks for having me on man and um yeah good luck with the productions good luck with everything that you boys are doing good luck with the podcast uh yeah pleased to be uh number one on the yeah, podcast you've, man. Yeah. you've been our first guest and you've uh you've obviously thanks, thanks very much and um yeah man have a well good luck dom with six weeks time yeah, i'm not gonna baby. say what yeah come on yeah um and yeah man no just thanks for having me on and i can't wait to see you both thanks loud. Nice. Yeah, you've uh, it's been our pleasure mate you've been our first guest and you've had a load of information hopefully people will find it very uh, very useful yeah really really interesting and i'm sure that we'll be seeing you soon no doubt yeah man. yeah, yeah. Boys, have a good one nice yes. mate. thank you very thank much you. mate see you soon